It's a hot summer episode of Talk About That. Back of my neck getting dirty and gritty. Hey, yo. What are we going to do? No, it's a hot town summer in the city. Back oh, of my neck. <laughs> you ever heard of that song? Yes, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say hot town like, summer in the city. I did not agree to this. I was just rhyming. <laughs> You're like, what are we doing? Oh, my goodness. John, help me with this rusty <laughs> pipe down here. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm trying to loosen with the back of my neck, evidently. I don't know. I wonder if we have listeners anywhere in the world that it's not hot right now. See, I don't think this is a regional thing. You're always worried about that. Because right now... Is this going to be about climate change? <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> Guys, let's just talk about something serious. <laughs> something easy. I think it's hot everywhere. Yeah. I just spent uh, a week, well, six days, technically. It makes you want to be a boat person, doesn't it? You know, a lot of boat traffic comes up and down my street, and... I do. I look at the trouble. You don't live on the water. You mean like on trailers? No. no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's been a horrible My street is a river. A <laughs> I live on a canal, Johnny. There's a gondola that brings me home from work. No, heading to the lake. And it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot of work. My dad had a boat, you know. And Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. Why my, was I never invited on your dad's boat? Well, I've rarely went. So it was. there's actually a story. Was it one that, of those like it just stayed and dry rotted? and? No, but we were at the beach. Um... We were at the beach, and I forget where we were. And Dad and Papa, who are both deceased now, so I, and I, I told the story at my dad's funeral. Um, like they they were adventurers, mm-hmm. and so they they were at the age of life. They had a little bit of money to do some stuff with, and they decided to buy a boat down there that would bring up here, which I don't think you're supposed to do. Like bring a saltwater boat. Oh right, I don't really think about it. That's the thing. Is that's the kind of thing I would try. Someone right now is screaming. Like, I bet you there's water in Tennessee, too. I bet too. you we could float. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so they got this boat, and but where we bought it from, we took it to that house we were staying at, and then it had to be taken a long way to a boat ramp, which mm-hmm. was for real, like five miles away or something. That's not that far, John. Well, I don't it is whenever the boat you bought okay. has no lights and darkness falls. And you're oh, in like the you middle, don't have a trailer with... We were going to go taking it to the trailer oh, on right. the water. Oh, so I I'm see. saying to get it to get it out and take it home. Oh. So my dad and I were meeting my brother, and he was waiting at the boat ramp. We had no cell service or anything, and darkness fell, and we were like in this channel, like canal. We weren't out in the ocean, like trying to get to this area. This is like so a parable. This I'm hanging like off the those... front of the boat with like a flashlight. Like yeah. it's almost pitch black. Mm-hmm. Don't know where we are. It was like this huge adventure. And we found out later, some of the locals told us like, apparently you should not have been able to navigate unless yeah. you were from around there because you should have run aground. It was like shallow places everywhere. Oh, Come boy. on, Johnny. You were protected. That, yeah. And so, yeah, my dad and I, it was like one of our great adventures, you know, like in the dark, in the boat, just like we could see the distance, like yeah. this bridge with the cars moving is what we can never get there. Because, you know, oh, on the water, yeah, everything, everything looks bright It's like, close. oh my goodness, we're close, you know, yeah. and like, you know, two hours later, wow, we're still not close. Like, and so, you know, we I remember it. when we, when I was in Vegas with Curry uh, in 04, we were there for a friend's wedding and I'd never been to Las Vegas. And of course it was just like everything my dad dumb fundamentalist self thought it would be i was like this is sin city but we went to his wedding which was outside on the outskirts of the strip but we stayed at bally's on the strip Mm -hmm. and so then we went to like all went to like mgm grand hotel which is way down on one end of the strip and then our hotel was in Bally's, which is like the center somewhere but we walked out and i'm in my suit and like dress shoes and curry's in like heels and her like evening gown from her from us going to this guy's wedding 
and we're just hanging out, you know, in the casino in our dress clothes. But it's like cool because a lot of people are dressed up in there. But then I was like, rather than take the monorail, because you can see our hotels, like let's just walk it. <laughs> we set off on this walk in 102 degrees. It's like in nine the at night. Okay. Yeah, and it we never got. We eventually, I think we eventually gave up. And got on the monorail because it was like it was five miles. It was like unbelievable <laughs> in dress clothes. So, and I told my buddy the next day about it. Who we've been at his wedding. He was like, "I heard you tried to walk to Bally's from MGM Grand. What are you, an idiot?" It's just like, "What are you, stupid? You didn't bring supplies." <laughs> <You know? laughs> I've only been to Vegas one time. Yeah, and uh, I, I was telling Sadie the other day, like the thing about Vegas that gets me. Is, what were you doing there? I don't even remember this. My wife had a trip. Oh, one a of those. work trip. Okay. That I tagged along, and I was writing. I was writing Just Keep Breathing on that okay. trip, the second book with Reggie that I did. In between gambling. Right, right. Just Keep Gambling. Just Keep title. Gambling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I stayed in the hotel all day. We went to shows at night, and she had to work at a hospital there during the day. Yeah. And it was a great trip for us, too, but I was like... Like, if you go to downtown Nashville, I told Sadie, it was like, if you go to Broadway, so it's crawling with people, mm-hmm. you're like, wow, this is, you know, and it's growing. I was like, imagine Broadway times 250. Yeah. And that every building you saw was 100 times bigger. Like, I couldn't believe how big. Yeah. Just that, like, it was a visual just spectacle. Yeah, it's sensory overload on purpose. Yeah. That's what they're, it's supposed to overwhelm you. Yeah. And it worked. Johnny. Yeah. It worked. I don't know. That's the thing, too. And people think of Nashville, they think of Broadway, just like there's a lot. Like Vegas was the number one growing city in America for a long time Mm -hmm. before like 08 when everything, the bubble burst. But like there were all these subdivisions and families moving there. And I did a couple of churches in Vegas and they never went to the strip. And they go, everyone thinks that Vegas is the strip. And so many people that go to church here, they've never been to the strip. Wow. They just live in their little subdivision five miles outside of town and they don't. They don't well, why would I go sit that. in traffic for four right. hours? Right. They just don't do it. They don't. There's no. But some of them worked in the industry too. So that's a weird part too. Is like, so like we got Jeffrey and I did a show there at a church when I was just starting out. Some church there found a video that we had done a dumb song for here about coffee with the pastor. Yeah. And they did a similar event. They're like, we love your coffee with the pastor song. Can you come do it? Can you? Can we borrow this song? And I was like, borrow it. I'll come to Vegas. And they bought it. <laughs> wow. And it wasn't a lot of money, but they, they put us up in a timeshare for a week because they have all these people in Vegas that have timeshares yep. or work in the hotel industry. So they were like, if you'll stay here the whole week or if you'll come to our service on Sunday, you can stay here the whole week. So Jeffrey and I were there and it was for during the NAB thing, which is the big right. whatever NAB stands for. It's the National Association of it's tech, it's a tech thing. It's the new. No, is it's it? Br- br- what do the B stand for for tech things? Anyway, it's the new. Is it NAB? Jeffrey's yelling right now. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's about the new cameras and the new whatever, the new tech yeah. in broadcasting. I think it is broadcasting. Did Dane go with you? No, not that year. Uh, okay. There was another year he went with Jeffrey and them, but I didn't, they never went with me. Wow. But anyway, we stayed. In this, we did it two different years, but we stayed in this like timeshare that was bigger than my house at the time. Like it, the square footage was wow. like it was like one of those things out of a movie where you've got this gigantic full kitchen. It's just me and Jeffrey being like, we can never tell. I can never tell Curry how nice this is. It's nicer <laughs> right. than any hotel we've ever stayed in. Yeah. But, uh, and he wasn't dating Allie yet. I think the second year he was. They had just like kissed for the first time. Oh, wow. And so he was like a buzz. I think that, that happened right, by the way, in this office. Oh. They well, told me that. They didn't told me that. This was, was Jeffrey's office. didn't realize it was creepy. This used to be Jeffrey's office, if you remember. So. Anyway, there were both great trips. But I think yeah, it was right where you're sitting. Oh, so. <laughs> hey. 
seriously. <laughs> oh, dear. This is getting intense. No, but that was fun. And But Vegas was not like – we went to shows and stuff. We're just not like – I mean, I may have pulled like a slot machine handle a few times or whatever. I'm just not I patient. do the ones that are like rigged. Like I do the ones that they go – I go, yeah, I spent like 30 bucks in the casino. What would you do? I did the thing where you just put a quarter in at a time and the oh, and the machine slowly takes your money with the algorithm. Yeah, I did that. But it was like an hour of fun, so whatever. And they're just like, you're stupid. It really you gotta is. Go, you got to go to one of the tables, right, if you're going to do anything. <sighs> I don't know. But they're it, rigged, too, probably. No. Those dealers, come on, The man. thing about the table is this is, this is like It's like my, $10 minimums, though, at some of these. But my insecurity is I don't know all the lingo enough. Like, oh, right. I understand blackjack. I can well, play it with hit, you right it's now. It's stand, stay. But, but you'll be like. No. Hit, stand, and stay are the same. And I'm not to play poker. Stick. Like, so the, it, this is a this is five card draw stud right. edition or whatever. You're like, I don't yeah. know. What are the stud what edition. am I supposed to? <laughs> this is Laredo Hold'em. <laughs> this is uh, yeah. It's like when they get into the Texas. I yeah. know. Again, sorry. I do. I get it. But I don't know what I'm supposed to call or. My buddy is a Twitch streamer and he does video poker. Uh-huh. And he'll tweet several times a day to his followers who follow him and support him. Like they they give him pledges, pay, their Patreons, to f- watch him play poker. That's how good he is. Wow. And he enters these big tournaments and he does these tweets like several times a day. He's like, I'm up to low, no cap, low hold him. And you're like, I, I don't understand <laughs> a word of what he's saying. And they do. It's like a whole language. Yeah. And I think, is that how we are in the church? Like, is there like, that's mm. how people outside of our, like every, every place has yep. a subculture. Yep. Like if you work in human resources, there's a subculture in a, in a language. There's a every everything has it, but you don't think you don't understand that everyone doesn't talk the way you do. Maybe it's strange. Yeah, my wife's job in IT for radiology, though she's not an IT person, she's a manager. And when they talk about, well, we got the PAX admins on the. Bl-, I mean, she starts going another language, and that's a very interesting idea. We've really tried here. Like we don't have even life groups anymore. We just call them community groups because anybody walks in will know what this is. Not that they would be confused by life, but like we're trying not to brand the things. Are that you confused necessary. by life? Confused by life? <laughs> Have we talked about the local church? There is a local church. I'm not going to say who it is. Yeah. But their whole back when we used to be Life Assembly, their their whole tagline for their church is tired of enduring life. And the deal was. Tons of people left our church to go to that other church. And yeah. so we kind of had like this whole running joke. Like that was their thing, you know, tired of enduring life. And uh, we we would then make our own joke about their church, tired of enduring the name of their church, which made no sense at all because <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> – I'll just say it. The name of their church was Joy. So yeah. we're tired of enduring you can't, Joy. You can't, tired of Joy. You don't really get tired of enduring. Joy got you down. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we love George. Come Church, take a actually. rest in the Grove. Mm, now we're the Grove. Tired of it. If they say tired of enduring the Grove, then uh, we just that's know. A, that's a direct shot. They've officially now <laughs> come out and said it. So, But no, they were great. They were great, Church. So, John, you're standing today. I am. And I'm sitting. I'm for something. Like a normal. I'm standing for something. It's, fi- it's, about, it's about time. time. This feels yeah. like you're about to have a stern talk with me about what, what I've done. <laughs> We found something in your room. It's that kind of. It's that kind of. <laughs> Johnny's like, why were you in my house? <laughs> exactly. That's number one. Yeah, uh, I am standing, Johnny, with a standing desk, which uh, is they're very trendy. It's very nice. It's the one that goes on top of the regular desk. This is not about productivity, though. So it, I've been wanting. This is about you've gone and hurt yourself. I've I've been wanting one of these for a yeah. long time because I'm a stander. 
Like I'm a walker. You're not just a stander. You're a pacer. I yeah. don't know. I don't have a standing would help you. You need a desk that straps around you like one of those drumline people, <laughs> and you walk around <laughs> with it in front of you. That's a great idea. And it just gets heavier and heavier throughout it's the like, day. Oh my goodness, that's a great idea. Your shoulders slump down. Like I've been or an eight hour day today. <laughs> <laughs> I walked twenty seven miles. <laughs> you're just the letter C by the end of the day. Um, I um, I'm kind of already that. Some yeah. might say, but although my wife says I have better posture right now because I have a back injury. Oh. So I'm holding my shoulders up. So okay. apparently back injury was the key I to, think I to have good better posture. posture now because I work out my back and I work out my chest, which kind of pushes you. When I'm doing my push-ups, yeah. my, my, um, which I'm not at the moment. So here, here's, Johnny, no, right the, wor- now you're just standing there. the worst part yeah. of the facts. My back was beginning to get tweaked before our trip this last week back to Clearwater Beach. How does it begin? What? You picked up extra some groceries, sore. you're at Costco. No, it's extra sore at night. And the real reason is, and this is where the shame begins. This is uh, going to be one of those kind of stories, John? Let's <laughs> <laughs> keep no. it PG. The shame is, as I was on writing deadlines. Oh, yeah. And so I've been sitting in a variety of different kinds of chairs. Out of my deck, I have like the, you know what I sit on my deck? I have this couch thing out there. Yeah. But it's horrible for your back. So I have a... um like a stadium it's seat. It's cushions. It's cushions. It's a cushion. It's no, it, no, you go right through those after a while. Like they just flatten. So I have a stadium seat like right. you take and then I put two cushions on it. Yeah. And so, cause I, I'm, I like your s- hemorrhoid donut. I sit, <laughs> it's kind of like that. I mean, I sit at the computer a lot. I broke my coccyx. And it's not, <laughs> and it's not even because I'm, um, older now. Yeah. Cause I had this when I was writing no, no, in, you're my, not older. in my thirties. No, you're younger. Like I get writer's shoulder. Yeah. That's why I can't sit at a table. With my, I have to have a keyboard down below. If I put my hands up on a table, yeah. people doing that, I'm like, man, if I did that, cause I write eight hours sometimes. That's insane. And it will just kill me. So I was beginning to feel it in my back and I, I've been doing really well. I haven't had that for a while, but I had to go multiple places. Like I had to sit at a, at a subway for Sadie's volleyball practice and wrote for two hours of the day. And it's, yeah. it was just really hard chair. So you do that every day. And I've had multiple deadlines, some editing deadlines and some composition deadlines. And I just got a little stove up. So I ordered this standing desk. Right. And then I got on a plane, which is great for your back too. And I went to Clearwater with the family. Well, this is where the shame sets in on a, on a whole other level. That you took another vacation. Well, the staff. Yet another. The staff is all. Look, I told the staff again today. I said, look. Sabbatical here, time. Here's the deal. Everyone's doing what they got to do to make their lives work right now. And this is what I, I took my mom. And Listen, we went, and, and that's what I got to do right now. Use your mom. I am mom. I appreciate you being my <laughs> excuse for going back to the beach. No, but I do. I'm. I, Laura, Sadie and I, sorry, Laura and I have decided when we can yeah. that we are buying, we're going to spend money on memories and not just on saving for future memories. Right. So we're trying to balance that. I get it. So Experiences are worth the money. It's good. It's the two week dead period of her volleyball practice with TSSAA, which is the uh, governing organization for athletics for high schools in right. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and so. Yeah, so this is when we could go. So we went, and we had a great time. She took a friend. My mom went. We had a great time. But the shame part is that the reason my back is now officially tweaked yeah. is I sat in a pool chair for the week. I know. And you would think, I mean, d- dudes, if you want the sermon. You hurt yourself from relaxing. From doing nothing yeah. is way worse. than Because I'm so used to walking and being oh, active. Bro, it was tweaked. Preach. And so, yes, I came home. Yeah. 
and it was pretty bad. So well, my, the, didn't they say that about cars too? Like if you leave a car sitting, it's the worst thing you can do. Oh, you yeah. got to start it up every now and again. Mm, come on, guys. You can't just. Some of y'all have been sitting. You put a car in a pool chair. <laughs> now you've stretched that metaphor. You put your to '86 Oldsmobile in a pool <laughs> chair. It will that. never start again. Um, yeah, so it's tweaked. I've been, but I also have the uh, tens unit. Do you have one of those? Where it like electrocutes your muscles and makes them pulse. Yeah, I like to say Ace has a bark collar. You know, they don't work to like actually people. People try to sell those for years like they actually would grow muscles. Like you put it on your abs and the guy's going to have six-pack abs. I do it all day long. They'd show them at the end of the commercial and be like, holy moly. Yeah, well, the guy already had six-pack abs. Yeah. You can put them on, you know. Look, look at his abs. Uh, like Ace has an electric a, – and a, a shock collar that never actually shocks him. It just beeps first and then it vibrates. Not and a he, sponsor. He never gets to that. But mm-hmm. I like to say about Ace that he puts the cute in electrocute. Oh, that's, that's my little. So, that's yeah. adorable. I don't put the cute electrocute the tens unit nearly as much, but I've been putting that thing on. Although I will say this, I don't know a lot about electricity. Yeah. Um, in fact, I mean, I, I can wire things, you know, but that's the one thing that scares me when I'm doing home projects a little yeah. bit. As long as the power's cut, but then I'll wire it wrong, and something's going to catch on fire. Right. So I don't understand about streams of current and how those works, but I do know this. I had this thought the other day while wearing the tens unit which electricity now is coursing through my body, mm-hmm. I needed to go to the bathroom. Oh, wow. Yeah, so is that going to be... adding a third stream... Yeah. Like, I don't... You know how grounding and Let it flow liquid... Through you. How like liquid a- flow... Liquid issues with electricity. And if I step into a puddle mm. while I'm, you know, being... I don't know. So I took a chance, and it was okay. Yeah. But I thought, this could really be bad. I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, creating some ground. I don't know. So anyway, that's a, my other thought on tens units. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I, my standing desk was here when I arrived, and so now I'm. I literally hauled it to the office today because hauling things is not hurting my back. Just sitting, so I took it all the way up to the conference room, set up my own table, and had staff meeting today from my standing desk. So you can imagine the jokes. Oh on sure, that. I'm looking down on them, you know. Yeah. What is somebody needs somebody needs attention. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Did you have another vacation and hurt yourself? You know, I got all that. <laughs> and I came in here and you did the same thing. Uh, well, that's what I did. Yeah, like, well, it's kind of that's my, my living. Job. Yeah, my job. <laughs> so yeah, standing desk. I'm a fan. Well, I hope you feel better though. I, yeah, I know bad problems are the worst, man. Yeah, I was able to get up and run this morning. I mean, I was running so slow, I was almost going backwards, but I did it. Like, it was more like a, I don't know, a walk with my arms swaying kind of thing. But no, yeah. I mean, it was a little faster than that. So were I you, did. Were you off the ground? Yeah. No, I actually. So it was a jog. I ran. I jogged. The deal is, it sounds crazy, but I ran once at the beach, too. My back was hurting. I ran in a blinding rainstorm, which is my favorite thing to do at the beach. It was so, like, running. But no a, thunder? No lightning? There was no lightning or thunder, okay. yeah. Because I, do, I don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um. But it actually, if I can get past the pain, it actually warms up the muscles, you know? Yeah. And so I was able to do it again today. I was actually about mile, mile, mile and a half. It finally doesn't hurt at all. I still went super slow to be safe. but Sheesh. So that was nice. But so it's, it's getting better. It's getting better. They used to do that thing for people with their backs. That, that, what was that? Vax D? Remember that Vax D thing where you put your hands on the thing and the table slowly separates in the middle? It's like a rack. Well, but you, know, you they, do it to yourself. They have the inversion tables that turns you upside this down. Is diff, this is different. This is like you're laying face down on the table. You hold these handles and they put your feet in like stirrups or like they strap your feet down. And now the table begins to separate in the middle. Wow. And so you control the pressure because you can always let go of the handles. Yeah. But you're basically like it used to be called, I don't know if they do it anymore. Maybe it was proven to be whatever, but it was called Vax D. Wow. And it was like, it's like you're putting yourself on the rack. Huh. And uh, I don't know. 
uh, our buddy that was in our band, Finley, his dad had terrible back stuff from just all the years of carpet installation mm-hmm. and knees and everything. And he would do that. Oh, he had to go for his vaccine today. I was like, all right, what is it? And he started explaining to me. I was like, this sounds like torture. Wow. <laughs> Tell us what you know. Have you ever water skied? No. So the thing about water skiing when you first start yeah. is when you fall, your your inclination sometimes is to keep holding on to the rope. That's what makes me think of. Oh, it'll right. drag you if you're not like you. You'd think, oh, this hurts. I should let go, but because it hurts, you hold on more. Oh man! And so your first—that's one of the first things when I was learning to ski—is like, hey, make sure you let go of the rope. Do you know how to ski? I can water ski. Look at you. I didn't learn until I was like, I don't know, twenty-eight. I always heard you need to be like. I've heard people like that over two hundred pounds. It's hard to get them up on the water. You got to have a boat that. Yeah. Like you know, again the the. the Power of the boat man. I've always been like a big guy, and now even now I'm like 220. So it's like I don't want to be that guy that's like, look, Johnny, this boat like that would be such a demoralizing <laughs> thing. We're the best we could. It's like dragging an anchor. I, I got her up as high as we could. Man, you are something. Yeah. Why is the guy out of breath too? That's I don't the, know. He's, he's <laughs> you know I'm over here pedaling as fast excited. as I can while he yeah. had one of those pedal boats. So, I don't know paddle boats. So called. I, I want to yeah, like I want to go skydiving now, but. I just don't, I don't know. Like, that's the thing, because, like, forever, like, skydiving, there's a weight limit on. It's like 230, 235. Or you want to also go 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu? Yes, I want to do all, I want to live like I'm done. Wow. When are you, I mean, go do it. Your brother did it, right? He's done it many times. He got, like, addicted to it for a little bit. He told me, he goes, it's, like, such a rush that he did it, like, five times in a row. I could see that. It's like all like of a, his extra money was going to pay the tandem. Guy. And you strap a guy to you, so it's a weird, you know. Yeah. I want to go alone. He just had a guy on retainer. Hey, Leo, <laughs> get on. And it's like Velcro to He him. just wore the guy to work. Yeah, too. he did. Yeah, he he just, did the extra outfit yeah, ready. The guy just slips guy. right in. Right. It's like one of those baby holders. <laughs> Put him on his back. It would be for me because there's no way my tandem guy's going to be bigger than me. So it's just going to be this little guy yeah. strapped to me. Yeah. Just his legs dangling. <laughs> Just weird. I wonder if those guys feel like that they're writing something down. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Like, like, you know, oh, yeah, maybe. Like, you're the bull. I'm the steed. I'm the trusty yeah. steed. And they're writing you. They're, I'm named Fu, I'm Fu Manchu. That's, <laughs> you are. The- <laughs> they're living like they were dying. <laughs> it's weird. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Well, you know, I don't, I've never done it, but uh, my buddy Marty, his wife just did it. It's her 50th. And she did it for her 50th. It was like her big, like, we're doing it. And like, wow. him and, and so he filmed from the 50th ground. birthday. And, yeah. Because they can't be married. No, no, no. Years. 50th birthday. Okay. And you said uh, their 50th. So they, oh, I'm sorry. It's her 50th. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. But he turns 50 this year too, I think. But anyway, uh, they, she did it and, and he filmed from the ground and was like terrified the whole time, but she loved it. And it was, she was, it was tandem, but <laughs> it was like, uh, yeah, she loved it. And I think he said, you know, we'll just want to tell the life insurance people. You tell them. Yeah, <laughs> Will they pay out? I wonder if, if you die. I think, I think they won't insure you in the outset of the policy. They ask you things like, are you considering. Are you prone to jumping out of airplanes? Well, they want to know, like, do you do dangerous things? Do you have a motorcycle? Do you scuba dive? Do you whatever? And you, are you planning to? They asked me. I was getting, I'm getting a policy together now, a new term policy. Because uh, mine's one of, that I started when I was in my thirties is expiring, and they're like, uh, "Do you intend to blah blah blah?" They asked me if I had COVID, which really? I, that's really interesting. I was like, "All right, uh, no, I never got it." And they were like, "Oh, okay." So I guess I don't know what that would have done to the rate. I mean, like half of us got it, right? I mean, I don't. know. It's weird, but yeah, they ask if you're doing dangerous stuff. I thought they would ask me if I had a, a pit bull. They didn't. 
Because, you know, sometimes, like, if you have a certain breed of dog, <laughs> then they're, do you, are you, I, they didn't ask me if I was a gun owner. Wow. I figured that would be a thing, but no. Maybe there's maybe there's a deeper questionnaire they're going to get into while we're here. Right? Is Do you have pit, a podcast where you talk about? Yeah. Is your pit bull a gun owner? Yeah, that's right. right. Man, they're super dangerous. The you put a gun in their hand. You put a hand on them. Super yeah. dangerous. Does your pit bull have opposable thumbs <laughs> and a gun license? You know, in Tennessee, you don't need a gun license anymore. That's scary to me a little bit. And I'll say this. I think even people who are responsible gun owners should be a little bit alarmed by that. Not just like, well, finally. Like, you shouldn't be okay with every knucklehead having a gun. Like, uh, here's the thing. Well, again, every knucklehead in Tennessee already could have a gun. This is about carry permit. Right. And you can open carry or conceal now. Um, And the thing about it is I have a carry permit. And what I appreciate about that is the training I went through. Yes. Like, yeah, it's about the safety training. What about, I mean, we do it with cars. You can't just be like, everyone can have a car. Yeah, you can take right. this course. I totally think it's... Prove to this person with a clipboard that you know what you're doing with this car. Yeah, I totally think the Constitution says you have the right to have a gun and all those things. Yeah. I just I just think, like, we've made a political statement now. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, though, it could backfire on, on a traditional... Hello, say. am I right? Recoil. It, it could backfire a little bit on a traditional law and order platform mm-hmm. because now, if you, for whatever you think, quote-unquote, someone who is a thug is, uh, technically, you're not going to be able to add a charge to whatever they've done because they were carrying a firearm. Right. So if you... Again, maybe that's a... It, it does seem to me to have some undertones of this is for a certain kind of person... But yeah. the law is going to say everybody can. I don't like those undertones. I just think I think regardless of who you are, um, I don't like any undertones. Give me overtones the whole way. <laughs> you know, I just you know I just I don't know. I appreciated the it it gave me humility. You know, it, 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 there was a humbling part to it. Yeah, you need to be a little bit afraid of this thing. Well, yeah, it's super. It's dangerous. like when I got a, a scoot the big scooter motorcycle thing that I had. You would get so comfortable with it. Sometimes that you would kind of, whoa, and there'd be a moment where uh-huh. you're riding it where you realize this is a 500-pound machine that could kill me yep. and my wife. Yep. And that's permanent. And like you, you have to have a healthy fear of these things. Yeah. I mean, as a, when I'm driving the family somewhere, it, you can. You can get very comfortable. You're doing 80, yeah. you know, and you're like, oh, we've always done 80, you know, mm-hmm. for years. And, and you realize I, I do. I probably pray more driving than almost anything. Like – not just out of fear, but I just realize how finite. Yeah. But it's it's deceptive. It lulls you in. Because everybody's doing it and you yeah. just go, well, I'm with the flow of traffic. I think I've been with you when you've prayed and it's usually for the stupid people that are in front of you. <laughs> Lord. God. Please, Lord. I don't know how you're going to do the, it. Help this lady. Because this lady is an idiot. Help this lady use her turn signals, Lord. <laughs> you know, I'm way better. Way, okay. way better. Yeah, I don't. I don't do a lot of road raging anymore. That's weird. I miss that. John. I can confess that I that I did. I have. Um, I still like the other day. Sadie laughed at me because now it's almost like comical. I was behind someone who wouldn't go, or whatever, and they had a, a out of town license plate, and I was like, "What did I say?" I was like. Uh, oh, come on, Illinois, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's you know? what you do. You Mr. Know. Volkswagen doesn't need brake lights. Well, look at me. You know, and so yeah. she, she was laughing in the back, you know. I think what kind of got me out of road raging was when my daughter started doing it, too, oh, as a younger right. child. You see the... What is wrong with these idiots, oh, you know? And I was gosh. like, oh. I don't know. Call Some people. cats in the cradle moment right yeah, there. Yeah, it's like, oh, man. My girl was just like me. <laughs> my girl was just like me. 
<laughs> but I mean, for her, it was all joke, you know, and for fun. And it was like, oh, and, and that's what I act like it is, too. And most of the time it is. But now I'm like checking myself. Of It really is a sad, sad thing when someone who is alive in Christ can't drive down the road. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I was like, this is stupid. It's kind of like I just get mad playing basketball. I, I can tell the story. We were in North or South Carolina. South. Was it South? On a trip. We were the band for a big church, I mean, a huge church uh, for their camp, for their kids. And uh, one of our bandmates was the speaker that weekend as well. And we were playing basketball with the kids, and we used to get fairly competitive. What was I, 20? Mm-hmm. You know, and... A wee babe. Yeah. And so I remember, like, it was my bandmate who just... He just fouled the crap out of right. me or something. Right, you're on opposite teams. Yeah, like eight times he just kept pushing me and stuff. Yeah. And like he got all mad at me and I pushed back or whatever. And I remember that was the moment I looked up and saw myself outside of myself for that yeah. particular issue. You see how seventh graders might be looking right. at you. It took 20 more years <laughs> to figure it out on the on the road rage issue. Yeah. But on the basketball issue, I was like, I, I took him and I was like, hey, never again yeah. am I going to be involved in something where we're like, you're about to go preach tonight. I'm going to go lead worship. Right. Not that that matters. I mean, I hate to be that guy. We're brother. We have a we have a deeper calling, right? You know, right. I, I think it's just we're just believers who love each other. Yeah. Regardless of how it looks to everybody, yeah. This is stupid. And then when you got done with that, you were like, "But you, it was a foul, right? right? But you, you did foul me." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go to the free throw line for technical foul. Yeah, shots yeah that's a flagrant one. But no, but anyway, and I, I'm sure I still crossed that line plenty of times after. But that's when I first thought to myself that's something I, I talked to Sadie about some there are moments in life where there's clarity where you can look at what you're doing and decide who you want to be in that area of life um I remember as a teenager seeing teenagers get in trouble or do things and it was like I was able to learn from their mistakes a little bit yeah to go whether it was all you know for positive reasons it could have been had judgment behind some of it but look at them going if nothing else the consequence and the outcome of what's happening to them is something that I don't ever want. Yeah. And especially if it seemed dumb to me, like, I don't want to, I don't want to be looked at like they're being looked at right now. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm not calling it all some positive way of seeing the world or a way of seeing other people, but there was a benefit to going, that consequence looks like something I would not want. Yeah, I so, don't think that's judgment. I think that's just how we all live. You, yeah. If you can learn from other people's mistakes rather than having to experience every single bad choice yeah. before you learn, like if that's the only way you learn, is like, I had to do it. <laughs> Cut my finger off. Turns out he's right. <laughs> Man, shit. this thing hurts like a mug. <laughs> like you, you, you have to be able to absorb and learn. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, it is weird when you see, like, everybody's the angry, dumb idiot on the road, and then sometimes you're the idiot, and you realize, oh, no, I just about rammed into this lady that I didn't see in my blind spot. Now I'm the idiot. And you go, wow, I probably need to watch how judgmental I am. Well, true confession would be this. Come up to a four-way stop. This happened recently, and I don't know, a couple years ago, maybe. And the guy across had no blinker on. So Mm -hmm. I had no idea what he was going to do, and I was frustrated. Dude, just put your blinker on. Right. And then I realize I don't have my blinker on. Um, but I'm only frustrated with him. Mm-hmm. You know what and I'm then, saying? And then, that's like our lives. It was like it really was. We it was like see, oh my you goodness. You can't see their blinker. You only see mm. your He had a log in his blinker. Yeah, you, and I had a splinter. When you, when you only see one set of blinkers, it was then 
that I turned left. <laughs> Wait, that's not. And I knew <laughs> that's when the Lord's blinker. I do wonder. I do wonder what other things. That, I think getting older, that whole idea of oh, I got older and I felt like I knew less, always sounds so so ridiculous to me. Yeah. But I think that what what that really means is, is I'm more aware that I have blind spots that I can't see about myself. I think that's what that. Yeah, you just get more in touch with your weakness. Yeah. And because you, I think you spend most of your teenage years and twenties and thirties, you hide weakness because you're like, I have to get ahead if I show them. So they always ask you, like, what do you think your biggest strengths are when you go to a job interview? Right. You know those questions are coming. That's a very indicative question. Yeah. Like it's very, uh, it's 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 like that's what they're looking for. What do you bring to the table? So you get used to hiding your weaknesses, and even in relationships, sometimes like you hide from the people who love you the most. They know you, but they don't know everything because you're like they they can't know this. But as you grow, yeah, you start going. Wow, I really have a problem in this area, and I need to either look at it or it will kill me or whatever. You get more in touch with, and sometimes you see the beauty in your vulnerability if you're, if you're sure. doing it right. You know, sure. I mean, you know, the whole scriptural thing of, you know, uh, basically his strength is made perfect in my weakness. It's such a weird, I guess, juxtaposition of concepts that sounds super spiritual. Yeah. That I think very few of us, myself included, have any real, I guess, we certainly don't seek after that scenario. Mm -hmm. You know, yet Paul seemed to seek after it a little bit, not trouble, but... He he gloried is one word he used. He gloried in his weaknesses is what he'd say. And there was that. Of course, what does that mean? You know, that he he, he even said at one point, I think I, I take pleasure in. But I don't think it's the kind of pleasure of I like bad things happening. I think that there was an, uh, an awareness of the weakness, certainly, that his strength could not coexist with God's strength. I mean, maybe that's the best way to say it. I can't be at full strength. And right. be at God's full strength at the same time because the nature of my fallenness will cause me yeah. to do Deuteronomy 8, to say in my heart that these things have produced this for me. So therefore, you know, there's weakness that is allowed to happen in my life that reveals other strength, but I have to be okay with it. Jay's one. I have to let these things happen to some extent and don't yeah. try to, to wiggle out of all of them. Well, it's, yeah, it's the thing is like if we, if we take part at all, it's so small compared to it's like it reminds me of like the old i don't know if this commercial even we're five years apart do you remember the shake and bake and i helped oh, girl yeah, yeah it's like that it's like i helped did you though you know what i'm saying <laughs> right. it's like that's what we are we're the dumb little girl being like i got flour all over me i'm part of this too uh -huh. it's like yeah you helped i'm gonna let you think you helped but there would be no biscuits if we waited on you lady yeah you know? yeah no that's brilliant um it, it it is a, I don't know. You were here the other Sunday when I preached, I think, mm -hmm. which was awesome. Not the sermon, you being here. Sorry, <laughs> I uh, gave it a ten uh, out of ten. No, I think I did pretty well. Wow. No, you being stand up desk has changed you. It was great. <laughs> it was great having you there. So, um, but you know, I talked about, and then you were there for my comedy show the next the following Thursday. I oh wait, you were in a pool chair throwing, injuring yourself, throwing my back out, doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I talked about that whole, the the, the difficulties and, and suffering of life, whether or not it counts, you know, or how to suffer. If you're going to suffer in life, because we all will, is what it says, then suffer for the gospel. You get to choose in every situation to lose something that you gain elsewhere. 
um, lose your way, you know, lose your bitterness, all those mm-hmm. kinds of things. You get to choose. That's why Paul invited Timothy, you know, basically suffer alongside me. Mm-hmm. So it was like a, a choice. You're going to have suffering this life. Do it this way. Um, but that's something my friend told me, uh, my friend Adam told me one time that stuck with me. I probably said it before, but I was like, man, I feel like, you know, this issue at church or this issue in my life or this internal issue, I'm fighting depression or I'm fighting um, insecurity and I'm really trusting, I'm having to take a lot of steps to trust in the Lord and it's hard. And does this count as suffering yeah. for the gospel? You know, because I think about the guy in Africa, you know, or the guy I just wrote this book for, who's, you know, helping starving children and this and that, that that's real suffering. And he said, he goes, John, it just lets you know how we think about God as our father. He said, if your kid broke her arm and came to you, but she wasn't, it wasn't a life-threatening injury. She just broke her arm. Mm-hmm. It's okay. She's going to survive. You wouldn't be like, look, there are some people in this world that don't even have arms. How dare you bring to me this, you know, come back when you have a real problem. He's like, yeah. you know, a real father is going to care at all levels. And I think um, that understanding of the difficulty being something God's not just expecting us to endure or get through, but that's something he meets us in, mm-hmm. that that is where he welcomes. He's, that whole idea of him being near to the brokenhearted in scripture is like this, or, or he's close to one with a contrite spirit. It's like this idea of, yeah, that's a way of being instead of like, oh no, that's a human thing that all people are going to have. We just don't, don't all allow God near to us in moments of brokenness. It's not just a person who's extra broken. It's right. like all people are extra broken. <laughs> it's not just situationally. Uh, you had a bad time. Oh, God was near. I think that's also true. But I think like the one who finds brokenness in every day, even when there's no disaster around, but says, I, I recognize, like you said, when you're getting older, I recognize this isn't changing about me or this thing about me it separates me from God's ways or hurts people around me. And I don't, I'm powerless to know yeah. how to adjust that. So that God's near and that realization of that brokenness. And that's when he comes close and, and does new things. So, Yeah. Has Sadie ever broken her arm? No. No broken bones? No. Even playing volleyball, no Mm-mm. ankles, nothing. No. Wow. I feel like you're jinxing it. Why are we jinxing it? Yeah. Do, do we believe in jinxes, John? But do we you, believe in that? That's witchcraft. I don't know what kind of wickedness you're bringing in. This it's on your end, oh, man. Not on mine. She's lank. She's tall and lanky too, man. My had some trick ankles growing up, and as an adult, and today, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's still got them. Never forget the day you sprained both ankles yeah, at the same so time. I watched you run off into the grass chasing Not a just, ball. Yeah. It's like, snap, snap. It It was was bad. Oh, wow. Well, I I don't know if I broke them, but I've sprained them very badly for sure. It was a, they were black and blue. Were you here the day I broke my ankle? I don't know. The last time? Maybe. It was on the ball court too? Yeah. Yeah. And they stuck my foot down in the five gallon ice water bucket and it hurt worse than the broken ankle. We never play basketball anymore and it hurts. I wonder why, Johnny. I wonder why. Have you seen us? I'm retired. I, I would, they had these ankle brace things at the last volleyball tournament in Atlanta that I almost bought because I thought, I want to play ball again, but that's the only way I'm doing it. Like, you're going like to have total. to tape this thing up like an NBA player. Well, they don't even make, like, high-top shoes anymore, even. Like, you never see people, people who are mid, mid is the most you'll ever see a basketball player. But shouldn't high-top, hell, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Well, you, it's that extra little, you think. We lace them up way. No, you don't does. think it helps from ankles? So. If you come down somebody's foot, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's where I did mine. I, came, I think I came down on a foot. 
hurt a snap. It's amazing it doesn't happen more often in like pro basketball because they're just feet everywhere and you just these gigantic size 15, 16 feet. You're just yeah. landing yeah. on a foot the wrong way and then like your season's over. Like just Ugh. it's affecting the playoffs right now. Giannis Atendokumpo, uh, mm. he lands wrong a few games ago. His leg, his knee hyperextended, and like they showed it. It's one of those clips where they go, let's see what happened. Ugh. And they show it again. They're like, no, we're not looking at that no. again. And he like went emu. Like it bent. Ugh. It bent backwards. It's like an ostrich. Yeah. They don't go that way. So there's no. still like doubt that he might come back for the finals. Yeah. They made the finals. The Bucks did, but there's talk that he might not play. Did they win games without him to make the they finals? They did win one game without him, two games without him. Well, there you go. It's but a good team. They are, but can they beat the Suns? This is know. a good year because it's two teams that have They're not, not sniffed right. a championship in decades and decades. Have Suns been it's since great. Barkley? No, 93. Wow. And they didn't win that year because that, that was one of the Bulls years. That wasn't John Starnes. He played for the Knicks. Starks. Starks. John Starnes John was a Starnes. Christian singer. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Michael Scarn character. I'm Michael Scarn. Oh, my God. John Starnes. Threat level midnight. That's funny. So I actually have a John Starr story I'll tell you later off the air. Oh, wow. Well, oh, well. <laughs> be our, intrigued, for everyone. Patreon, maybe you'll get the John Starr story, <laughs> but I doubt it. So, I went on a date with John Starr's daughter. That's the, that's the thing. Oh. And I drove my brother's 67 Mustang, and it broke down in their driveway in Brentwood. So I'm like this North Nashville, you know, just wrong side of the class guy. Yeah. And my car broke down. I had to borrow their minivan to take her on the date. Oh. It did not work out. That was the only date. We ever went on. So, but anyway, she was very I, nice. That's an interesting solution. Hey, I need to borrow your van <laughs> to take your daughter on a date. Yeah, while my, yeah, and I thought the Mustang would be great. While my, while my Mustang just sits here and drips oil yeah, into your driveway. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And it didn't work. That's, that's one of those stories like, it's great if you married that girl. And if not, it's right. just the saddest You're story. You're just like, oh, wow, that boy. And she was great. They were let nice. Let me tell you about your grandma, kids. <laughs> like, that's that kind of story. But if it's not that story, it's like, let me tell you what a loser John. your dad is. <laughs> well, it's so funny. I look back at pictures of myself. And this is interesting. We're talking about this a little bit at lunch. Like, um, and I'm really working on this because I've gained weight. Yeah. So I can say that. Number one, I'm not a guy when I gain weight, I think that shows it a lot. People no, are like, no. What? No, like, I don't think so. Like, I've gained 25 pounds. But people go, Mus- no. Muscle, solid muscle. It's not solid muscle. Oh, and, no. But I wear baggy shirts, so it's okay. But I recognize. That's a 3X. But I can tell. <laughs> if you turn a telescope backwards <laughs> and look at me. But I, I realize that when I look at old pictures, like Amazon photos will come up when our screen is on right. Prime Video sleeping. Like, and I don't like this. And I think that we assume that females do this more than males. And I don't really know that. But I know this. The first thing, and sometimes I believe the only thing that I see in those pictures is my fitness level. Yeah. Like I look back and I, and I judge like that time of life almost by how I looked uh-huh. in it. And so when I go back to high school, middle school, like, dude, I was a dorky dressing kid. Laura and I laugh about it all the time, but I didn't, I didn't know, like, I'd, I'd go to these big things since I got a, I was a student council president and got all these, you know, these things I went to, but I would go to Goodwill and buy suits and stuff, sports coats and weird ties and stuff. And I just didn't have a sense, like, I was the kid who didn't care. It was like, that was my, that was my shtick was, oh, I don't care about this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... I apparently had confidence in other things, but I look back now and go, ooh, that kid should not have had confidence. Like, I, I look at that kid, 
and I kind of judge the 16, 17-year-old John mm-hmm. for his poor fashion choices. And then I look at the 30-year-old John, and I judge him for his 20 extra pounds being overweight. And, like, everything I see in my past is is through a lens of my appearance at that time. And I'm really feeling that that has to be broken. Like yeah. That's a bad way to see the world, and I don't know how other people see it. I, I'm assuming it's worse for the females in my life because every yeah, billboard is showing worse. that. Right? They've been hit with these, uh, yeah. And now it's like there's the body po- positivity movement. But I was reading this great tweet last night, and I told you about it at lunch about body positivity and the movement, and how there's healthy and unhealthy sides to it. And I thought it was kind of an interesting indictment on it. It says, "I wish mainstream body positivity focused less on everybody looks good and more on your body does not exist for the purpose of being looked at." Yeah, wow. Like, just this idea that, like, I've got to look good to other people or to myself because my body is this thing that needs to be hot all the time. Right. Because it, it, we've been so sexualized. Yeah. Without, even some of us that don't even, like, we don't, we don't, we're like, well, I don't uh, bow to that. I don't want to. You're still wrapped up in it because you're being inundated with imagery all day that says, Go get six pack abs. Like people think that guys don't deal with it, and maybe they didn't generations ago. Yeah, as much. But you have guys now with eating disorders and terrible issues related to image because Men's Health magazine covers all this stuff, and women are co opting that thing to this idea that women are not visual. We always were taught that true uh, too. You know, when you're raised, like, look, men are visual; they're going to struggle with porn. Women, blah blah blah. And now you have tons of women addicted to porn. Yeah, lots of. Like it's so interesting. Like we. We've decided that uh, well, if, even if you decided to, I'm going to opt out of that culture, uh, meaning the visualization or the sexualization and body, like it's around you. You can't really escape it until you kind of decide for yourself. Like this is, I'm not going to view anybody. This is my body's a vehicle. It's this thing. I want to know the person. I want to see the value in the person. But you can't just like believe it and say it to yourself. You have to like get it in your heart and accept yourself for who you are. It's really hard. It takes like tons of steps i don't know if i can get there like that's the thing it's one of those you know uh discovery is not recovery that's that's one thing from some people i'm writing with that they they say all the time that feels like it needs another ovary like discovery is not recovery it's (laughs) something i don't know Uh, can we not think of another ovary i don't know there's no other uh, ovary i don't know it's probably some sort of science (laughs) yeah but that that idea of just knowing I always thought, and, and then probably that's a a fault of a of a head first triad yeah. six is that I assume knowledge. I generally yeah. assume knowledge is not just power but freedom. Yeah, it's really sort of the Garden of Eden. I mean, it's the whole tree of the knowledge. I mean, they have made an assumption. I think all of us do. If I just knew that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that would make a big difference. Um, but man, it's really hard to know that about myself and still not be able to change it. Like that's, that's what I think recovery, recovery is a process and I hate all of the buzzwords for it that we think of that, but like there has to be a, a daily, like I'm, I'm a mentor to someone in recovery right now. And we were talking, it's a, you know, it's almost a year and daily work for a year. And sometimes you're repeating the same thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. the questions are the same. It's not every day is some revelation, which is what we want. But over time, over the course of time, it comes because it's not even just a discipline. You just have to give yourself time to go through a process of change. You just can't change. We were, we were laughing at lunch. 
I've gained this weight. And so yesterday I started back and drank a bunch of water and I took my big walk. I couldn't run because my back and I ate right, you know, and I, I even kind of inadvertently did some intermittent fasting and had a pretty good whoosh is what my wife and I call it, a whoosh on the scale this morning because I was at my highest. Like the 4th of July, I ate stuff from dawn till dusk. I just ate and ate and ate and ate. I've been at the beach all week and all these things. So I was already up kind of probably that number was inflated a little bit worse than it, it really was just because of all the stuff I'd had. But at the end of the day, it's so much harder to take even one of those pounds off mm-hmm. than it was to put it on. But what we really want is that quick, in all things of life, like I got to this point of being angry on the road for a reason. Right. And it took time. Yeah. It developed in you. It developed from like probably like stuff that you were dealing with in childhood even. Yeah. Maybe in the way you saw, sometimes it's like if the way you see your parents drive. You know, see, just I like never say, heard my dad doing that or my mom either one. But yeah. Well, where'd you get it from? Where'd it come I don't from? Know. The I don't devil. Know. <laughs> well, I think. I think that a lot of it's not just what you saw. It's not just behavioral. It's also how you see the world. Right, how you're wired. Right, and then how you're wired with that seeing of the world. I see the world as a place where I'm supposed to get ahead. That's where it really comes from. Yeah, or They're sometimes, well, I've been with you times when we would have left late. Yeah. And you're mad that we can't get there on time when we could have left on time. Oh, yeah. And so you're like, you're mad at everybody for not getting out of your way. Though it's my but fault. But it's your fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You left late. That's why you're late. I don't want to deal with what I will look like showing yeah. up late. I don't want to right, deal. Right. That's the fear. It's not just a matter of being late makes you uneasy. It's the, the feeling of, yeah, looking irresponsible makes you feel uneasy. You know, even that, it's less about the look of it. I don't want to deal with the stress of having to catch up oh, when, right, when I okay. get there. Like, yeah. This is going to be so much more stressful for us to get all this equipment set up or whatever. And yeah. then we have to do, and that's the other thing, everything in our life, in mine and your life together over the years and now in our own individual careers and things that we do, everything that we work for also also f- is followed by a moment of some kind of performance. Mm-hmm. So if I'll write and write and write and write and write, and then there's a day of a book release mm-hmm. when I'm trying to support, it's, it's a different animal now. I'm not actually writing anymore. I hope we get this interview and this mm-hmm. television thing and this, I have to support it. And so it's a performance. I feel this great pressure. Yeah. Great. I mean, dude, I'll be vulnerable. The book on racism coming out in October is it's, I have to put it before Jesus because it's such great pressure over me that I'm going to blow it. I, the book I think is unbelievable. Not put it before Jesus, like in sorry guys, order of importance. I have to bring put it, it in before front Jesus. Of, yeah. Sorry, bring it before Jesus. Not put it. <laughs> Look, I've done put this book before <laughs> Jesus, so hope he's cool with it. In front of Jesus is what I'm trying to say. Not in front of him in line, but before. Okay, yeah, there's no good it. way to say this. So yeah, I have to. I have to bring this thing to Jesus because it it is such a like it's so important. I don't want to screw it up. Yeah. in the release. So I'm confident in the writing, the content guys, you should go and pre-order it. Like I'm excited about it. I'm, I feel super confident. Yeah. But then I'm like, yeah, but I can't control, you know, what television show or podcast picks us up. I can't control who buys. I could go try to build my social media following. And that just, Oh, that's a performance for me that I'm like, yeah, I can't write a good book and do that without teams, and other people. So it's like this pressure for me. So everywhere we go. Yeah. If you and I are late, Usually we're going somewhere that we're going to have to do something when we get there. Yeah. So it's like, for me, it's about not screwing up whatever I got to do when I actually get to the place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know, Johnny. Let's can you, can you scoot over on the couch? I need I to lay down. You, you, tell me about your mother, Johnny. 
<laughs> she, she she needs to be on the podcast actually we need to bring mama d in and just do oh, a full-on expose of your broken psyche <laughs> just what what went wrong we should bring my mom and laura together oh it'd be great and let them both uh what's it like to live with this yeah what is mass of humanity yeah this tangled web of neurons it's that some, is john driver it's we could bring sadie too just do three generations of it and wow just i feel a lot of eye rolls that we would then have to like i would have a little like bloop like we just have a counter so that the audio audience could know how many eye rolls there were in the room as you said well what i really mean when i say that is bloop 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 you just hear them going off <laughs> the thing about my mother is what you would find yeah because she is saintly. Yes. Is my mom, if she sees the negative, she very rarely says it. She accentuates the positive. She is so encouraging. She just encourages you. Like when I get done preaching, if no one else has said a word to me. Right. When I get home and it's time to eat lunch, mom will go, and then look, I know you don't need compliments, but that really was my favorite sermon I ever heard in my life. No. And you're like, and she means it. That's yeah, what I love, yeah. you know. And so, Mom, I, I know you're listening, She's and I love you. You know, She's the best. but you could say negative things, Mom, about me to be okay. She's so. very positive. She's. And I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand that mentality. <laughs> but it's remark. It's just fascinating to me. You know, a very move that rubber tree plant kind of vibe. My, she moved the rubber tree plant. Your mom did it. My mom is the kind of person I brag on her. She went on vacation with us. Yeah. And I talked to her into getting a massage at the resort. Yeah. She got a massage. She comes back and says, Mom, how was it? She goes, it was great. She's like, the, the girl giving me the massage, she starts telling me all about her life, all about her issues. Yeah. Mom prayed with her. Oh. They talked, shared, cried together, the whole deal. And it was just like, you were just like Jesus to people. Like, she really was. She went to do something for herself yeah. that she was paying for. And ended up totally blessing the other person more than than the experience. And they just shared it just because mom was just, you know. And she was at the pool of the day, and we were down at the beach, and she was at the pool. She said, oh, people around me all talking. Like, she just connects well with people and shares life, you know. So it was just, you know, anyway. I was like, man, when I went to get a massage about six weeks ago at the same... It would be hard for me to... Yeah, I, I didn't... Yeah, you didn't... I fell asleep. You didn't ask about the person's <laughs> life. You're like... I noticed... When you were talking about your son who is sick, that you, the pressure on my lower back, you kind of backed off. Could you focus on that area some more? I, uh, I don't feel Remember like... when you said you lost your pet and you were working on my neck and then it felt like you just stopped completely for a second while you sobbed? Could you... Can I get that five minutes back? Can I please... I know the time. Can I get a do-over? Yeah. Well, we had a couple's massage, so we were in the same yeah. room, and literally, I woke myself up with a snore. Was, oh, you ever yeah. done that with like oh, a big yeah. snore? So it's like, I was like, don't fall asleep, don't fall asleep. And, thing, and, I, was, and I was like, oh man, one big snore. Laura said she heard it, yeah. and shame abounded. Oh, so, come on. Yeah. It was like a, oh, that wasn't really my snore. That was way too, right. that, that had too much repercussion in it. Have you? Because so you guys have done the couple's massage. That's what we did, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've not done that. Oh, I've no, I don't think I've ever, I've, I've never had a massage. 
Other than, you know, what you get from your wife or whatever. You're just in the same room with her. It's not like there's anything no, like, no, no, I I'm like, that. hey, what are you doing over there? No, like, no, no, it, you no know, I get it, but a, I just, I've never, I've, you know, again, body positivity, I've never really, like, tapped into that. But now I'm just like, I'm getting there, and I'm, okay, let's go do it. So we'll do it probably. This it. this vacation, we're probably going to do it. Well, I sent you those two resorts. Did you? I'm going to look into it. That's yeah. where you stayed. Yeah. I don't know if I can afford it, John. <laughs> I don't know. I'm making that author coin. Can I tell you something? Go in the off season. But, John, that's a long wait, bro. You're talking about hurricane season. Oh, you know, there's already one. I know. It came the week after we left. There's a tropical storm. It's raining every day. I'll tell you something. Favor ain't fair, bro. That's the blessing of the Lord. Touch not my anointed with a storm. What... <laughs> Is that what? Peace be still while I finish this <laughs> massage. Can I get another daiquiri? Uh... <laughs> Oh, my goodness. It was a great trip. Uh, I love Clearwater. I will say this. It was like South Beach, though, in Miami. Like, I looked out at the so public beach. Just jammed with people, yeah. And, and you could see you know, for miles. Yeah. And there were more blue umbrellas. There had to be 20,000 people I was looking at. Like, it was unbelievable. We don't normally go in, in June and July. Uh, but, again, dead period for volleyball. And so that was kind of our, our slot. And I was like, wow, that is a lot. There's a lot of people. So. Yeah. And I went and talked to every single one of them, Johnny. And you shared the gospel <laughs> with each and every one of them. I do try to be present. I just, I got to do better. I got to be, be more like my mom. That That's a good way to be. Man. So, yeah. I'll do the massage part. <laughs> you know, like I'll go, I'll be more like her in that I'm probably going to get a massage. Okay. That's it's, a step. It's a start. It's a start. <laughs> <laughs> like I went to say, hey, do you know the Lord? But what I said was, uh, Lower. Yeah. <laughs> My right shoulder really bothers me. It's a close. You know, I feel you pressing in on your story right now. What I need you to do is press in on my sciatic. <laughs> mm. uh, this nerve is, yeah, I don't know. So Sciatic yeah. is like, that's your butt cheek, basically, right? That's a... Yeah, well, yeah. They're, on, goes, your, they're on your glutes if you're doing... They they will do a little bit of glute. <sighs> is this a female, John? Yeah. I can't say anything wanna... right now. <laughs> it was a couple's. I was with my wife. It was a couple's. Mistake. That's fine, so, John. Yeah. Look, whatever, whatever you're into, whatever hedonism. I'm kidding around. Massage. He's kidding, fine. guys. He's kidding, probably. So. I'm, I'm, I'm. Hopefully, your back will feel better. Thanks. I think it's getting better today, for sure. So it's going to keep electrocuting. Just keep standing and electrocuting yourself. Yeah. So moving forward, I put the cute and electrocute. And we hope that you, dear listener. Have been won't have electrified by uh, today's. We hope you feel supported <laughs> in the lumbar <laughs> region and in in general. If you stood throughout the entire podcast, then I mean, maybe were, there are maybe some people listening to stand up desk. You were in good like, company. Yeah, yeah. I sat. I'm. I represent the sitting population. Yeah. Johnny's a part of the sitting community. So yes, huge. Yeah, he does a lot for the it sitting. Feels community. like. It's like a protest, but I'm not really like sure what my cause is yet. I'm like, I want to sit down and think about it. Well, you know what they say: if you don't sit for something, then you'll sit for everything. Wait, if you don't, if you don't sit, it's got to be here. Wait, if you don't stand for sitting, then you'll fall for standing. I don't know. It could happen. It's a it's a homonym. Hey, we do hope that you've listened and enjoyed uh, the. Uh, prose stylings of john and johnny today you want to talk about that and you can go check out our uh, podcast talk about website that. talk about that podcast.com yeah sorry i was not fast 170 enough i think this is episode 167 today and yet there's 170 archived episodes wow three that you unlock 
Maybe. Yes. <laughs> For the low price of nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. No, go uh, listen. And uh, people have been. I've, we've heard from several of our listeners that they've been going back binge listening, which makes me nervous because I'm like, I don't really know how the show has evolved. Yeah. So I'd be really like weirded out. Like it'd be like going back and watching my old stand up, which yeah. you can't do. You can't really do. Like I can watch the old specials, but I can't watch like the first couple of years of clips uh-huh. that I just shot from the back of the room. It may, it would make me want to quit. I'd be like, ooh. But listener, don't take Johnny's advice. It won't. Yeah. Ma- it won't make you want to quit. No, go back and I'm saying like <laughs> I, I haven't done it, but somebody gave me comments. They're like, maybe they're still because they oh they're so good and oh well that's really sweet. You know, that we person. should go listen one day. And it was your mom. She See, she she never says any. I think she's lying uh, at this point. No, it wasn't. It wasn't your mom, but. No, but yeah, you can do that. Go listen. And then you can even go to our Patreon, kick in a few shekels if you feel so lit. If you, listen, I know it's tough times for some people. Yeah. Don't feel obligated. But uh, just know there's a lot of people listening for free. And maybe if you have something, you should give all the more yeah. to make up for those moochers. <laughs> I started off being really nice and it came off. You know, here's the thing. Even if you don't feel led, right. you could still do it. Well, that's what I said at the end of the Lead comedy yourself. show. Yeah, Because at the end of the comedy show, I was like, People always go like, if you don't have a home church, mm-hmm. you know, we want to invite you to our church. And I was like, look, even if you have a home church, but they're, you're tired of it. Maybe they're teaching on like Job. You're tired of enduring life. Yeah. Maybe you're over it. You're like, Ooh, this Job stuff is, <laughs> it's boils every week. Oh Get out of here. Goodness. Come on over. Like, oh. I don't want to feel like, you know. That's good. I'm, well, that's what everyone means when they say that. People are afraid to say, hey. You hate your church. Our you church is get better. over here. Remember that? Remember that church in Knoxville that was way out of town in a little city. The church was, alive is, is worth, worth the, the drive. drive. It sounds like something you would say if you were a car dealership. Oh yeah, you know it was very used car dealer. Like you want a deal? Come get on. over here and get some wheels. I don't know. <laughs> they always I always have to run. That's how you know. Push pull drag your soul to Jesus at our church here at the Grove. Bankruptcy, no problem. <laughs> Sin, no, no problem. problem. Everyone's approved. Yeah. Wait, that's bad. <laughs> we do approve of everyone, Johnny. We just bring them into. Listen, if you're listening to us, then you have our approval. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, maybe you're into some horrible things, so maybe not. Maybe we awesome. should. We're gonna give you like a very tentative <laughs> approval. <laughs> How about this? We love you, but we do love you. Get some, you know, get some help. Keep, keep growing. Yeah, yeah. Figure it out. One of my favorite things you've ever said, and we'll close with this, was when we were doing the bit on. Uh, the uh, all-inclusive missionary. Oh, all-inclusive, yeah. Yeah. And you were talking about, you were talking about raising funds. And you know, oh, and I said, he told me I could go raise raise money from people. And I remember he said, Johnny, go get some help. <laughs> and that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I want your help. So we hope it's helped you today as well, listener. And uh, we'll see you next week on Talk About That. This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says and what that might mean for us today. 
To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.